Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. That ought to make somebody feel a little bit more safe today. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Today I want to speak to you from the thought, for unto us, for unto us, for unto us. Let's pray. Awesome God, in the matchless name of Jesus, we come before you, King of kings and Lord of lords, precious Savior of the world. We come and we celebrate you on this Sunday morning. God, use this girl, use this woman, use this vessel, as marred as I am in your hand, to to speak forth the word that you've given me today in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you that the anointing is on the word. We thank you that the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. We thank you that that anointing is here today to destroy the yokes of bondage and to relieve heaviness and to do miracle signs and wonders amongst your people in the name of Jesus, the Christ, the Christos, mm, the Son of the living God. We all say amen. 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 Y'all may be seated. Y'all may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Now, this is the time of year, y'all, where we turn our attention to the birth of Jesus, our Savior, right? The Son of God. All of us are here. Some of us are got our kids dressed up because it's Christmas Sunday. And, and most of us have heard at least the basic message of the King of Kings being born as a tiny baby in a manger, especially because we're in the Bible Belt. We probably heard, away in a manger, right? No crib for a bed. The whole thing, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head, right? We know with the stars in the sky, look down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Such a beautiful picture of a tiny baby. And I, when I think about this, I, it kind of trips me out a little bit because God chose to send the reigning Messiah, the deliverer of his people and ultimately the deliverer of the world through the womb of a young woman. That was what our God chose to do. I do have to say that if I were God, and we are all very glad, including myself, that I'm not, but if I were God, it probably would have looked a little different because I would have liked to come. I'm a little feisty. I'm a little bit feisty sometimes. And I would have been like, we're going to send a savior He's going to be a warrior with a sword on a horse with a gun and weapons of mass destruction. And we'll eradicate the evil. That's my plan. Because that seems strong and that seems powerful. It's not the way he decided to do it. He decided to do it with a baby. From heaven's perspective, the birth of Jesus was spectacular. It was spectacular. The heavens opened up. The angels came and sang. From earth's perspective, it was rather mundane and a little disappointing. They'd been waiting on this ruler, this king, this deliverer. From heaven's perspective, it was just awesome to think that the eternal, everlasting God would wrap himself in flesh and come and dwell and tabernacle among men, among his people. 
From man's perspective, he was born on a hit list. I almost called the message born on a hit list just because it sounds snazzy. (laughs) They were trying to kill him when he got here. There was no room for him in a hotel, no room for his family when he got here, when he came. He was born to a virgin. He was trying to explain to her boyfriend, it's really not what it looks like. It's really, all this is not, it's an angel. It's an awkward situation. It's a little sticky, a little messy. And it didn't look like what I would think the king of glory would, would enter as. From Earth's perspective, there was no palace, there were no guards, there was not a beautiful palatial surrounding, just ordinary, mundane, and actually below average. The way he came was actually below average. We're blessed right now at One City Church that we have a lot of expecting families. We're so excited. The heirs, they just had their little girl a couple of days ago. And, and I know the Tombrays, they're just ticking down the day. By the way, the girl is due January 1st and she's wearing heels this morning. Some woman needs to say, amen. Go on with your bad self. But she's, but we've got other Miles and Rachel. We've got babies that are, that are going to be born here real soon in our church. And it's such a great sign of a growing church. But can you imagine, Tiffany, can you imagine giving birth in a barn? That's a bit below. It's a bit below average. How many of you want to have a baby in a barn? Not me. I want to have an epidural. Thank you. From Earth's perspective, there was nothing wonderful about his situation. But the glory of his coming was not in the furniture that he was laid in. And it wasn't in the environment that he was surrounded in. And maybe like you, maybe you've got some age on you, maybe you've been through some life experiences. You come to realize that the glory, the things that really matter in life aren't so much about the surroundings. In 2020, we had to learn it's not so much about the surroundings. We had to learn that it's not so much about what we're eating, it's about who we're eating it with. We had, to, we had to learn that it wasn't so much about the bed we're sleeping in. It was about, did we sleep well? Did we have peace? It wasn't about the things you can count. It was about the abstract things that you can't count. The glory manifest in a barn, in a stable. His coming into this meager environment is not a suggestion of his mediocrity. Amen. It is not an endorsement of poverty. Amen. And it is not a celebration of notoriety. It is him ah, stepping outside all of that to say none of that really makes any difference. What really matters is who you're with. What really matters. There's no question that his ultimate purpose, come on, his ultimate purpose in life, his ultimate purpose for coming to this world was to redeem the world from sin and death. Amen. John 10, 10 says, uh, uh, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I, Jesus said this, he's given you his purpose statement right there. But I have come uh-huh, that you might have life and life more abundantly. Let me give you a side note. He didn't say I came that you might have church. He said I came that you might have life. So you might need to get one. He said I have come that you and you and you and you might have life and life more abundantly. That's the purpose statement of Jesus written out in John chapter 10, 10. In words of red, he said it himself. To deliver us from the curse of the law, he came. Uh-huh. To set us free from our own human depravity. Thank you, Jesus. To set us free from our own crazy selves, our own crazy thinking, our own broken lifestyle. He came for that. To set us free from our home, our own human depravity. 
to ultimately destroy the work of the enemy. Somebody say amen. That through him our enemy might be vanquished by the precious blood of the lamb. Mm, Something about the blood of the lamb, even when I say it. That he might uh, render the enemy helpless and bruise his head for the things that he has done to us. That is his ultimate purpose. And there is no question that hell got nervous when they saw him coming. That is why he was born on a hit list. Trying to stop him from reaching his purpose. Let me tell you something, church. When you are set, sent with a purpose, and you are sent with a purpose, when you are sent with a purpose, there will always be obstacles that come against you that are unfair. Get used to it. Get used to it. Stop crying about it and whining about it. Say, I have a purpose. It makes sense that hell has attacked my life. If they came after my king, they were certainly coming for me. When you have a purpose, there will be obstacles set against you that are unfair. And the obstacles that come against you come because the enemy knows where your ultimate destiny in Christ is going to take you. And he's trying to sabotage your progress. Ah, but I got another scripture for you. The word of God says, greater, hey, greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. That's more than a plaque you hang in your house. That is more than a cute sentiment that that we say in Christendom. That is the very word of God. Greater is he who is in me. Dr. Parsley says it this way. Greater is he who is in me than he that is after me. Hallelujah. Greater is he who is in me than he that is after me. Somebody shout greater. Slap your chest, say greater. Inside of you is greater. Inside of you is greater. And whether you know it or not, he was born in a barn strategically. There was a purpose in the reason that he was in a barn. You don't think God could have put him up in the the Taj Mahal. You don't think he could have delivered him in a different place? Sometimes we look around at our situation and our circumstance and we want to curse it and we want to be upset about where we are. Maybe it's strategic. Uh-huh. Maybe where you are is a, is a, is a, is a when God sent Jesus, he hid him in a, in a barn, in a stable, in a manger. He hid him because he had purpose. He, he, maybe the pain is part of the purpose. Maybe there's purpose in the problem. Maybe there's purpose in the adversity. God hid him in obscurity strategically. So not everybody, not just everybody at that point could have access to him. He was obscure in a place of discomfort. Anybody ever been in a place of discomfort? Hello, somebody. Anybody talking to me? It's not that God couldn't have provided a lush environment. It's that there was purpose in the situation. And I don't know if you know this. A lot of people don't seem to know this, but after Mary and Joseph had Jesus, they had to live in hiding for two years. They lived in Egypt, and they were in hiding, living on the run, Bonnie and Clyde, Mary and Joseph and Jesus, living and hiding, ducking and dodging, because he's on the hit list, because they're after him, living on the run, the Savior of the world is living on the run. Now imagine if somebody had met him during this season of his life, when he's on the run. 
Doesn't look much like a savior to me. Don't look like much of nothing. My grandpa would say, ain't nothing to write home about. Didn't look like anything if they met him in that season of his life. Listen, church, some people meet you in a season or a time in your life that things aren't going right, and they judge you prematurely. Had they seen him then, he didn't look mighty. He didn't look like a conqueror. He didn't look like much, but he was. And some people meet you in a season of your life where you don't look like much, and maybe you're still living on the run just a little bit, and maybe things ain't going like the way that you know that God has purposed in your heart for them to go, but they don't... What they see right now is not what's coming. The reason I am attracted to this text, and I've got to hurry, is that it takes away, Cole, you're going to like this part. It takes away the huge, illuminated, awesome perspective of who Christ really is and personalizes it. He personalizes it. It says, unto us. A child is born. Unto us, a son is given. Unto us, a child is born. And while he did come to redeem the world, I want to suggest to you that perhaps he did not just come to redeem the world. Maybe, maybe he came in a way that he could understand our perspective. You know, you don't really know what somebody else is going through unless you've walked in their shoes. And perhaps not only did he come to redeem the world from sin, perhaps he came in the form of a baby so he could understand our perspective. He came to see what it was like to be you. Without him coming the way he came, he, he would have never known what tired was. God the Father don't know about no tired. Coming to earth as a baby, wrapping himself in humanity, helped him understand what, why we need sleep. What's sleepy? What's tired? Because in his eternal state, he never sleeps and he never slumbers. We can call on him at 3 a.m. and he's right there, meet you, right there. But in his human, in his humanity, wrapped in swaddling clothing, wrapped in human flesh, he understood tired. Maybe... He had to come that way, perhaps, so he could understand lonely or empty or tempted or hungry. He came so that he could be touched with what it's like to be you. Christmas is about a God who is so in love with you that he is willing to see your world from your perspective. My God, that's breathtaking. Think about it for a minute. Christmas is about an eternal, mighty, sovereign Savior King who came so he could understand you. God, we want to know you more. He came so he would know us. Jesus is breathtaking. And he comes and he tries on your clothes. And he walks around in our little earth flesh suit, right? So that when we do pray, he'll understand what we're even trying to say and have compassion on us because he understands it from our perspective. Sometimes we're like, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Jesus said, I do. Nobody knows my sorrow. He said, yes, I do. 
I've been right in your space. I've been right in your clothes. I've been right up in your business. I've been up in your Kool-Aid. I know. I know what it is. I think that's breathtaking. You know, have you ever noticed that there are things that we argue about, about Christmas as Christians? And I just think it's weird. Um, I saw a conversation on Facebook the other day and people were just going back and forth at each other. And I remember when I had found out this bit of information years ago, and it was kind of interesting that there's people who say, well, this isn't really when Christ was born. December 25th is not really the birth date of Jesus. The census was taking in the blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't even in this winter. And it was in the spring. And it was blah, blah, blah. blah. And they argue about, was it even this time of year? Perhaps not even during this time of year. People get all bent out of shape over weird stuff sometimes. Weird stuff. Don't be weird. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be weird. Just don't be weird. And they get all bent out of shape. And you know what I said in the conversation? I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care. I will not engage in your world of weird because I don't care. I, say it with me, don't care. I don't care if there was snow. I don't care if it was a manger or a stable or a cave. I don't care if it was even winter. I don't even care if it was the 15th of July. I don't care when he was born. I just care that he was born. I don't care how he came. I just care that he came. I don't care what he wore. I just care that he came. ah, I care that he was born. I just care that he was born. As a born again, blood washed, spirit filled, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. Let me get a little churchy on y'all on Christmas morning. Hey, as a sanctified child of God this morning, you can't stop me from praising God who loved me enough to come where I was. I don't care when he got here. I just care that he came and he came so he could know me and he came so he could feel me and he came because he loved me. For unto us, a child is born. I care that when sin had me shackled and had me bound and I was in bondage and when all hell was breaking loose in my life and I was at my wit's end anybody else I'm the only one I'm the only one that doesn't wake up and drink communion juice for breakfast and have angels come and wake you up with harpsichord I'm the only one who's ever drank a cup of suffering I'm the only one y'all got your halo so crooked on your horns this morning maybe somebody remembers when your shackles shook and your dungeon shook When some of us in here, I've heard the stories and the testimonies, were suicidal and taking pills, and no one understood what it was like to be you. When some were so drunk, laying under a table because the pain was so bad, you needed to medicate if even for a moment. When some of us, myself included, were so wrapped up in the bondage of religion, I couldn't see my way out. I care that he loved me enough to come where I was and feel, catch this, and feel my pain and be touched by the feeling of my infirmity. That's what the scripture says.
scripture says in Isaiah, it says, we, we have not a high priest who is not touched with the feeling of your infirmity. Jesus, do you hear what I'm saying? Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. Finally, 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 somebody understands when my soul is overwhelmed. Finally, somebody understands the groaning and the grief that I cannot articulate. Finally, somebody understands how I wrestle against my own struggles. Finally, somebody understands why I get worried sometimes and why I'm afraid. Somebody understands because he left the realm of heaven, wrapped himself in flesh, and said, I'm coming where you are so I can feel what you feel. Identify with your pain. Be in it with you and deliver you from it. Thank you, Jesus. So when others walk away and won't let you into their little club <laughs> or isolate you and don't understand, when we turn to a person and that person just doesn't get it, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. He understands where we come from. You know why? Because he's, he's not just the God of the universe. He is not just the king of heaven. He is not just the CEO of creation. He is not just the chief over the angeled armies that go to war. He is not just theirs. In fact, he's mine. And he's yours. For unto us a child is born. To all of us. No matter where you are in your heart right now, no matter where you are in your life right now, no matter where you are in your faith right now, no matter where you are in your sin right now, unto us, us, a child is born, not just the special ones, not just the fancy ones, not just the pretty ones, not just the ones that look like they've got it together, unto us. Jesus, mm, born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes given to you so that when nobody else gets you and nobody else understands, so that when you pour your heart out to people and they just don't understand it. I love what he says in Isaiah, and I already quoted this, but I want to tell you again. He is not, not, he is not only in touch with what happened to you, your infirmity, he is in touch with how you feel about what happened. I, I, that amazed me. Like my eyes got stuck on it. I call it a snag in the text. When I was looking at the text, it said the feeling, the feeling of our infirmity. There's the infirmity, there's the problem, but then there's the way we feel about it. And our high priest, our king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God to whom honor and glory is forever given. He is in touch with the feeling of our infirmity. My God, today, my God, what a savior. He is, not, he is in touch. Not only does he care about what happened to you, he cares how you feel about what happened to you. Find another God like that. Find another God who is in touch with the feeling of your infirmity because he came unto us, a child is born. He is yours. And no one can take him from you. He is yours. And no one can rob you of him. He is yours. And he will never leave you. He says, I came so I could see what it was like to be you. We can 
add, we cannot add or take away from what Christ did. Amen? We cannot add to what he has done or take away from who, from who he is. He was all of that before I got here. He will be all of that when I am gone. He is God all by himself. His word is forever settled in heaven. He is God before there was anyone to even say he was God. We cannot add to, nor can we detract from, take away anything. He is God all by himself. And beside him, I say it all the time, there is no other. Nobody else's voice is the sound of God's voice. Nobody else's power is like God's power. No other person in your life has the seat that he has. He is God all by by himself he is the God all by himself over sickness he is the God all by himself over disease he is the God all by himself over poverty he is the God all by himself over marital situations he is God all by himself and beside him there is no other there is no equal there is no parallel unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders. Thank you, Jesus. And of his kingdom, Pastor Stephen, I know he's around here somewhere. There shall be no end. And his name shall be called. I don't know why I'm the only one who gets excited about this stuff. His name shall be called. Wonderful. father and if you need peace today he is the prince of peace he is altogether lovely he is our joy he is your strength he is your bush that is burning this morning he is the seed of Abraham I came to remind you who he is he isn't just this to a brown haired girl named Christy he came unto us unto you he is the meek and humble lamb he is the lily of the valley he is the rose of Sharon he is the bright and morning star he is my trumpet he is my peace anybody else come on don't just watch the preacher engage with the one I'm preaching about he is he is my fortress he is my bulwark he's my mighty God is he your mighty God this morning we celebrate you, Jesus. He is El Shaddai. He is Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Mekadesh. I'm not talking in tongues, but I could. He is my savior. Anybody else? He is my king. He is my deliverer. He's your deliverer. He's your deliverer. Come on. Hallelujah. The testimonies in this room make heaven explode with praises. You're wonderful, wonderful. You're so good to us. My deliverer, my bridge over troubled water. He is the glory and he is the lifter of my weary, tired head. Lift up your hands, so ye gates. Be ye lifted up everlasting doors. For the king. 
whatever you need, he is. Whatever you ask, he is. Whatever you seek, you'll find it in a man named Jesus. He is, he is, he is, he is. His name is Jesus and demons tremble. His name is Jesus and hell gets nervous. Jesus in sickness, please. His name is. Come on, his name is. Say that wonderful name. Anxiety is delivered at the name of Jesus. His name is. And dead men rise up. We got some dead men in this house today that he has risen. His name is. And graves have to open up. Jesus, for unto us, unto us, unto us, unto us, unto me. Why don't you say that? Unto me. He's a universal global father, but he's also mine. Unto us, a child is born. And unto us, a son is given. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.